Hey Universe, welcome back to Power and Grace Radio. This is your host, JJ. Uh, before we get into the podcast episode, I just want to give out mention that the Wadapalooza weightlifting face-off will be back this year in Miami. It's head-to-head, Sinclair scoring, under the lights, water in the background, weightlifting, pretty much the coolest thing you've ever seen. So if you or someone you know thinks you can qualify, head over to the Wadapalooza social media accounts. They'll be blowing this up. Get to Miami, come hang out with us, and we'll see you there. For today's episode, I got to talk with two guys who are both masters athletes. One actually coaches the other, but both still compete. And we're all three actually are former or current firefighters. So that was some pretty cool talk. And all this took place at the 2018 fall training camp for Power and Grace. So the atmosphere is really cool. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to Power and Grace. We are at the 2018 fall training camp. Uh, we are here in Georgia, uh, home base of Power and Grace, um, so we can get some voices. Uh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. I'm Phil Kniep. I'm Austin Kemick. Oh, man, those, those last names come across similar, too. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, they're pretty close, aren't they? They yeah. are. Uh, so uh, if you guys have been listening to Power and Grace Radio, then you know that uh, Phil is one of our coaches on staff. Uh, Phil is also a games athlete, the sixth fittest man from 35 to 39 on the planet. Awesome job. Uh, and, and Austin has joined up with our program, and uh, it's a cool relationship. That's the reason we wanted to sit down is now uh, Phil has been able to coach Austin. And so uh, two masters athletes going through there. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit like how, uh, Phil, how you began coaching Austin? I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I can can take that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so basically I was, I'd been following um, Spencer from his days uh, back, uh, all the way back to Outlaw, and then when he branched off, started writing his own blog and programming online with Power and Grace, started following that, and started getting hurt a lot more as I aged, and eventually um, called him up and you know, asked about his personal programming or the individualized design stuff and just told him what the story was, which was, you know, my, I'll, I'll have progress and then something catastrophic will happen and I'll have to sit out for a couple of months and then back to progress. And he just told me straight up that the blog he was writing at the time was written for, you know, 20 year old dudes and the guys that just create testosterone sitting on a couch versus 30 plus where you're that start to to taper and he's like so it makes it he basically said it made sense that i was getting injured so i said all right and he said i got the perfect guy for you and that was when phil came in he's like you know he's a master he's one of our coaches and i think it'll be a good fit so spencer knew that i was getting old and that i uh (laughs) (laughs) knew how to take care of myself i guess yeah okay so uh phil when um so you get a call that that you know you have a master's athlete that's wanting um, you know, wanting that programming, they're, they're breaking off and, and of, of a normal, just scheduled programming. Like, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind like, when you're trying to assess a guy like Austin um, for his programming needs? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a big thing that we were needing to know is, like, what his current volume was, um, what he had been doing, and kind of knowing that he'd been doing outlaw stuff and following the blog that um, the volume is probably fairly higher than what's really required for a master's athlete. Um, so knowing that is important. Um, 
because then we can adjust back or more volume if needed, um, just knowing where that's at and um, kind of having some different indicators of energy systems that we test first um, was important. So I believe our first week or two weeks together, there was some testing that Austin did to kind of figure out where we're at on some different benchmarks. Yeah, so um, Austin, when you decided to make this change and, you know, you get to work in with Phil and everything, um, you know, what, what were the biggest changes you felt to your programming that happened when you made that switch, like the, the big things that you noticed? Yeah, I mean, I'd say absolutely just um, less volume. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, it, you, you know, it's not, I can't get it done in an hour, so it's not that little, um, but less than what I was used to, which is interesting because, you know, I'm a coach myself and I always tell athletes more isn't always better, but I do not take my own advice mm. and I still have a hard time. I, I tend to want to push through and just do more because it's like, well, I'm weak at this certain thing, so I need to do more. So it's the biggest difference has been really trusting, you know, and what Phil's telling me, like, we don't need to do that much. And right. when I do, um, and I'm pretty good at following things to the T, uh, it, it pays off. So, I mean, I've PR'd every lift and every benchmark since working with him. We've been like three years now, which is great because obviously I'm not getting any younger. Um, they maybe don't come as often or maybe I don't hit those percentages as often as I used to or like on demand. But when the wave hits, it's, you know, it's nice. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think a good example was, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, is as we're at a training camp. Um, and we've got, um, what do we got, 16 athletes here, something like that, um, running around, uh, you know, working through this. Um, and Austin, like, you've, you know, you've been right in the mix with it, you know, some of these, these young bucks in this room, too, uh, throwing down, and, and you've been right into the mix of it. Um, you know, Phil, when, you, when you, you, you come to this and you're coaching and you have the master's athlete that's in the group, right, he's, he's the one in the gang, um, you know, what's your mentality on coaching him you know, as he's going with the same volume and same grouping as the rest of these guys? Yeah, I mean, as you're getting older, you're not, you don't recover as fast as someone that's 25 to 30 years old. Um, there's always kind of an issue there. And um, so throughout the weekend, I've kind of been watching Austin and body language and looking deep into his eyes and kind of <laughs> yeah. trying to read where he's at. Where he at. Um, and you can usually tell you can usually see how how someone's moving and and kind of like there's a look in the eye that you can see when you're doing too much and need to have some recovery. Um, so I've been watching Austin for that. Um, I've also kind of been keeping track of the shoulder loading that we've been doing um, because a lot of times with Masters athletes, those are the issues that you see come up first is um, overloading of the shoulders and getting overuse injuries there. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing this weekend with, with him is I have never got to see him honestly move in real life. Um, so I just am paying attention a little bit more like what we can do to improve his efficiency and movement and things like that. So, yeah, so we are, uh, we're day two into this training camp uh, and you guys have put some volume. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> Um, I'd say, yeah, this is, this is as beat up as I felt, 
Um, I've really, in my days of competing, only done one two-day comp, and I felt pretty horrific. That was last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was the Fort Vancouver, but it, it was, uh, I remember at the end of the first night looking at my wife, we were just getting coffee or something between events, and I was like, I feel sick. Like, I yeah. feel like I have the flu right now. I was like, this is weird. That's and like I, that exact flu. feeling is what I felt today. And it's, I have another day. But um, yeah. the good news is, you know, like Phil was saying, reading me and basically told me to take the last two off tonight. And as I was saying before, I, I actually kind of fought one of them because it was like, no, I need to punish myself because I, I'm not good at thrusters. So I kind of asked him again, like, are you sure? And he's like, dude, it's too much squatting volume already. And I'm thankful for it because I still feel like crap. So I think it just would have been a lot worse. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. And Phil, I bet you can sneak some thrusters in somewhere in the programming. Somewhere we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> not that I want to. But <laughs> yeah, right. But that's my mentality is like. Well, yeah. I mean, in this training camp, we're looking at how the athletes are moving too and um, we also want to know how they respond mentally and physically to a lot of volume in the way that the new format is set up. Um, Austin would have an online qualifier in the open essentially. Um, so he doesn't need, we don't need to see how he responds to volume at this moment because that volume is not going to be needed. Like the younger athletes who have to qualify through, um, a sanctioned event or something like that. Um, with, with the younger athletes, we want to see, okay, if they're crushed during the day and they have to push for that final event to qualify for the games, how are they going to react? How do we need to strategize workouts for them based on how they're feeling, etc.? And it's not the same case with a master's athlete because the qualification is different and the volume, like, response is different for them anyways, so... Um, I felt like we were okay with taking some time off so that he could survive tomorrow and still feel good going home and continue on with training without breaking him down too much. Whatever, whatever tomorrow might actually be. Right. <laughs> right. Dun, dun, dun. We've been, we've been keeping these athletes pretty much in the dark on what, uh, what training they've been doing. So also been fun. Um, so Austin back on you. Um, so you're a master's athlete, but, um, you know, also box owner yep, and also a uh, firefighter. Yes. Which is cool. All three, all three at the table right now, uh, are, or have been firefighters and box owners. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, I wonder, that's yeah. cool. That is cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I yeah. wonder, what, I wonder what the link is there. There's gotta be, <laughs> there's gotta be something. I feel like we meet yeah. like firefighters all over that are right. in CrossFit or box yeah. owners. So that's true. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, um, so you're a busy dude, um, and you just said, you know, you know, he is backing you off the training, but, but how, how is you scheduling in to make sure you get in what Phil wants um, on a day-to-day basis? Um, it's not too bad. Uh, obviously, it helps to have support from my family. So I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter at home as, as well as my wife, and she is very supportive with my passion. So a general day is wake up, um, spend some time with the two of them until about one o'clock. And then I go into the gym, work out from that, you know, one, one thirty until about four, um, with whatever Phil has written. And then I coach from there until close. Uh, I am an owner 
but I also have two partners, which makes a big difference. And of course, you know, we have a couple coaches as well. Um, so I think if I was solo, it would probably be impossible. Yeah. Um, I'm also very fortunate with uh, the fire department in that our chief is very big on physical fitness. So we have mandatory physical training in the morning. There's time etched out every day. And we have a great setup for it. So it's like, generally speaking, I've talked to Phil and he tries to uh, set up my programming in that I'm not doing a ton of volume on those days because obviously there are calls to go on. And I told him I'll start to get really annoyed with my calls, which is ridiculous because I'm at work. Yeah. And I start to get mad that I'm not finishing my workout. Uh, I think everybody <laughs> at the table has been there. Yeah. So. <laughs> like you get, you get like... You get like your first like percentage work done, or like you're like a, like around into something that you're doing to get out of breath, and then it's like there's that call, yeah. and it's gonna be and it's gonna be like, you know, like a kid has a, a hundred degree fever, or something, <laughs> you know, like I'm like oh, fire alarm, you know, it's like come on, here we go, but, but you're, it's right, like, you're, you're at work, yeah, so it's you our can't job, right? Too much, but I mean, it's hard to get out of that mindset. The reality is you're a paid athlete at that point, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway, so it, it works out well. He oftentimes he'll program rest days on those days. So that helps too. Yeah, and then well, I, I mean, just take Sunday off. And Phil, That's, were you were you twenty four forty eight? Are you? Had, we worked uh, twenty four on, twenty four off for eight shifts total. Uh huh. And then we got eight days off in a row. Oh, nice. That's not bad. I did not get that. I was just twenty four forty eight straight. It's been one of my. I've worked at three departments, and it's one, been one of my more favorite schedules. Yeah, so. and but Austin, yours is different. You, you, I know you said it, and I've, and I've heard this this scheme before. But what is it? Yeah, it's twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four on, five off, and then every fifth week there's an additional twenty four on. Like, right. So, um, yeah, it's nice. I mean, you can get big chunks of time off. Uh, the day in between isn't always great, but that's just life. I mean, right. you know, it's a it's a great career. So, yeah, and. Um, Interesting stories. Like we were, we were all kind of in a group talking. Uh, I think I talked to you both individually, and now we can talk together. Is like we were kind of talking about firefighter fitness and like and like the department. And um, you know, I think there's like some public conceptions of like like what firefighting fitness levels are. Like there's like I think some people think we all look like they were in the calendar, like Phil. <laughs> and um, but uh, the reality is, is behind firefighting, there's like a real issue. Um, you know, heart disease taking out more firefighters than anything. And so, like, uh, Phil and I had the discussion, and then Austin and I had the discussion about, like, you know, programs and how do, how do we break that down? Like, how, how do we get inside those? Because it's important. Like, you know, and I'm not even thinking, like, you know, nobody's, you know, I don't think anybody's, like, totally at risk. You know, the fire department's going to step up if, like, someone really, really can't do their job, right? But, I mean, we're thinking, you know, you think of yourselves and your family of, like, you know, you want someone on your back that you know, you know, fit and strong and can get some work done, and, and that's important to you. You know, that's, that's the guy on your back. And so, uh, Phil, you, you'd kind of mentioned to me, um, you know, you know, ideas on, on what you thought um, you're talking about you know kind of implementing what they're using if you want to talk a little bit about that I thought that was pretty cool about like how you've you've been able in, in your in your hometown to um, to kind of implement in with the fire department having them use some of the gear that they use and they seem to take well to that yeah uh, one of my co-owners is uh, still on the fire department and uh, he's on the health and wellness committee uh, there so 
I mean, basically what they're trying to do is they'll, they'll do trainings with some of our guys, um, like how to use the stuff that they have at work for like workouts. So, um, there's uh, saws and things like that that they, they can carry. Um, so they do farmer's carries and sandbag work. Um, um, and just like even do deadlifts with the cots and stuff like that. Right. So um, they're kind of turning it into like a functional fitness type of type of thing with the equipment that they have at the station. Yeah. So um, that's funny because you know we we I, I did the same thing when I was there. You know I love to, to be able to get the workout. I th- I'm pretty sure I have the cliche like hoses on the barbell thing picture somewhere when I was in here like you put the hoses on and be able to lift it but you know working with dummies and obviously a lot of staircases and stuff like that but I think that's a great approach and you know for maybe the people who aren't listening you know the firefighting schedule itself I mean when you hear it maybe through the radio it sounds like it sounds like it's great but what it, I think what it does to a lot of the guys is obviously sleep is sleep is disrupted uh, and meals can get not very good real fast. Yeah. Depends on, There's you, always garbage at the yeah, firehouse. It, always. I think it depends on the shift and like who you're talking to, but I think um, you know, like some shifts can eat, cook, eat a little bit better than the others, but um, you know, food and sleep you know, is, I think is harming more of these, these first responders than anything. So what do you guys think? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think 100%. They, I, don't, I know one of our union presidents talked about that just sleep deprivation and basically is a big reason that firefighters die sooner and it's that sleep deprivation basically adds up over a 20 30 year career which leads to cardiovascular issues so if you're not on top of your fitness to begin with and you're compounding it with that lack of sleep and that lack of sleep's just building up cortisol every single day and it's something that is you have to be, you have to manage, I guess. And that's the best way that I can put it. I, I try to manage it and let him know, um, you know, if it's been a rough night. Like this next month is my aid car rotation, which means I'm going to be running the bulk of the calls, which means my sleep's not going to be spectacular. So obviously we'll try to run the program as normal, but feel really good at responding when I'm like, this is just, I haven't slept basically. <laughs> yeah, Phil, what do you think? Yeah, I would uh, 100% agree that sleep is probably the the biggest thing that firefighters are lacking, um, especially with off-the-job jobs, because oh, yeah. most firefighters have time that they get off work and they have another job that they go to, a little extra money. Um, so they're generally not going home and getting the adequate sleep that they need. Um, and then you top that with the adrenaline dumps that you get every time the alarm goes off. And I don't know the science behind it, but I read that it's not healthy. Hey, yeah, mean, yeah. You're having that dump well, I think, several I think times we've all, through the day. We've all been there. If you go on even a minorly exciting call, it's two in the morning. You know, maybe you get back at three and it's right. like, yeah. what kind of sleep am I about to get until seven or six? Right. You know, it's like, what, yeah. you know, you're, you're hyped up. You're talking about the call. I always try to explain it to people too. It's, it's not like, you'd be like, oh, I had, you know, two or, two calls last night or three, but it depends on how right. they're spaced out. And so you got to imagine, it's not just like, oh, I woke up and rolled over in bed. It's somebody came in and shook you awake and fl- flashed a light in your eyes. You know, it's, it's that kind of wake up every time, yeah, sure. <laughs> regardless of the call, because you don't know what the call is. 
Yeah, yeah it's like that wake up, the, the nightmare wake up. Where oh, yeah. You, yes. you know, it's just straight out of bed and going. I mean, you're wide awake immediately once you, that alarm yeah, goes off. Especially if, uh, if dispatch has <laughs> given you something. I mean, you, know, you hear that, you know, man down or, mm-hmm. you know, smoke showing or CPR in progress. And, you like, you're going to laser focus and you're supposed to come back from that. Even if, I don't care if it's, like, 11 o'clock at night. You come back from something like that yeah. and, like... You know right. what, what kind of sleep are you getting that night? So I totally agree. And it was funny. So my my fire department was South Padre Island, um, spring, like spring break capital of the country. And so, literally all of March, um, you know, we were going in and just there was no sleep. I mean, we didn't even try, right? And so luckily we had a chief smart enough to literally let us. We would come onto shift, check off our unit, and go to sleep like in the morning. Try to get as much rest, lay around, do nothing, you know, read something in bed because like noon it started with drunk kids on the beach, you know, yeah. but then, you know, we're getting hunted all night and me trying to keep even some semblance of training during that time we're working tons of overtime, but you're literally staying awake off night. So you're, you're getting you're, everything shifted out. You're eating whatever you can in between calls. You know, we're, there's, there's days that we're running 30 plus calls in a single day. And, uh, so we're, we're trying to keep that. And so you can imagine what training is like, like, you try to get out and just take a jog. It's like, I feel terrible. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the longer I'm there, the more particular I am to you about like my, like my sleep at home and also even at the station. I mean, like I got the blue light glasses, I got a humidifier, I got oh, the yeah. fan, I got the, you know, the, like everything I can do to hopefully put me to sleep quickly. So I'll do like meditation apps and that's just my goal. Like how, how fast can I bring my heart rate down and, and get myself to sleep basically? to help with that yeah phil did you um so so what so while you were working were you, were you also doing were you doing crossfit during yeah um, um like how, how did you, you know what were your best management how are you managing any of that i was young <laughs> <laughs> yes um, oh man honestly high tea. um at that point in time i wasn't married um and our gym was only open during classes. So during the day, we didn't have anything going on. Um, so we only had to be there if a class was being coached. Um, so generally, what I would try to do is get off work. If I didn't have to coach that morning, I would try to go home right away and sleep because you're still kind of in that, like, groggy stage that you can, before you even, like, start doing anything. Right. And at least sleep three to four hours, whether it was oh, yeah. like um, a good night's sleep or not. Because you, when you're on your work cycle, you, you don't know how much sleep you're going to get the next shift. So you're trying to kind of catch up on sleep there. Um, and then I would go to the gym, do whatever work needed to be done for that, and try to get my training done in the afternoon. And I was generally coaching in the evening. Um I mean, part of the reason that I took over the gym full time is because it got to the point where that wasn't a possibility. It was ta- the gym was taking so much time that it wasn't possible for me to go home and sleep and get the rest that was required. So um, I could say that like the gym was at a spot where I could get adequate sleep as much as I needed to train and do all that stuff. Um, I look back at it now, and I was still working. Oh, There's no way that I could do it. There's just so much yeah. on my plate that it's, it sure. would be possible. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I could wear, you know, doing multiple things now, going back into it, but it, it was rough. But yes, I was also young, so I guess I, did, I didn't really think about it. I still got workouts in, but I know during the, some of those times how it, how it felt and be good. But I, I think this, I think some of this information is important to everyone out, even outside of firefighting, right? Like, how many people? I mean, so you're, we're all box owners, and so we, we coach other people. I mean, how many people can you blame lack of sleep and bad diet on their health problems anyways, right? So yeah, it's the same right. thing. Pretty much 100%. Right. <laughs> or like just the, being overstressed in general. Yeah. Just that cortisol dump. Well, I feel like that last question would be a good one for Austin because he's still hanging. He's out. still there, <laughs> and his gym is growing, and he's doing it. And yeah. Is your, is your long-term complete plan to, to stay with both? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I like both. Like I said, the, the fire is a career and the box is the passion, I guess. Um, but I don't imagine that what I envision, I guess, is that the, the box doing well enough that I can step back from some of the more, uh, time consuming tasks and just stick to the things I enjoy doing. And that's kind of already happening, which is nice. I mean, I, I like the back end stuff, so I like the programming, and I like working with people one on one if there's you know specific goals. But um, that's my hope is that like I can stay involved, but not have it be another full time yeah. job. And if you're if you're a young gym owner listening to this, and you're thinking like, yes, I still want to coach every class and do everything, I think Austin's message is just as important right now. Is your 100% goal, it should be to get out of the way yes. and then let other people do it. Because it's it's just, especially Phil and I were talking about this earlier in today's CrossFit culture and how gyms, how good gyms are. I mean, we I mean, talk about the gym we're at today, how nice that thing is, but we know we know it's well run. Um, as If you want a really good gym, is there needs to be a CEO and he needs to be out of the way. So the firefighter or not firefighter, that's, that should be the goal anyways, is to put more time into it. But especially, you know, like a guy like like Austin, who's working another job. I feel like that's, that's super important. It's good that you want to go to that. You're not, you're not an ambulance, are you? No, uh, we have an aid car. And I'm at a unique station, too. Right, you're at, the, you're at, at an airport at station. At an airport, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's much different. Um, it's just it's much different than yeah. like the regular part of it. Uh, I know Phil got some time. So it's funny when you say on the box, because then we can also say like riding the box. Because mm-hmm. Phil, you got, you got some of that box time that's... Lots of it. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Riding the ambulance is, uh, it can, it can wear you down as a person. Sure can, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, that, that medical 911 system is a little bit overabused, so it can, it can definitely do some draining on you. If you, if you want to really lose some sleep and, and <laughs> hurt on training, you'd be on the ambulance can definitely do some <laughs> effects on you. Well, cool, guys. Um, I think that that's probably pretty good for us. You know, we got, we're, uh, you guys were first up. I don't even know what's, when this is going to, how order we're going to release all these in, but you guys were first up, so thanks for hopping on. But we're going to, we've got a bunch of people to get to. They look so eager over there, don't they? They're all standing in the kitchen looking at us. Are they all <laughs> waiting for us? They, I don't know. I think they just, they're so excited to come on. Like, Christian Lee's just smiling at me right now. Oh, yeah. My bunk mate. I'm staying in a bunk bed right now. I know you guys are in a separate house, but well, that's because we're beds. elderly. We got it. You guys got the rooms. Um, yep. I wouldn't trade my bunkmate for the world, though. He's he's solid. He's yeah, now I'm getting a nice smile from him. 
All right, guys. Well, I'll let you guys get off here. I know it's a long day. It's 1030 here, so get some sleep in. I know Phil kicked my butt in some workouts today, so <laughs> he, he probably doesn't feel too tired since we use the same weight, but uh, I'll let you guys get out of here. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks, Thank JJ. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate the support. Had a blast at this training camp. There's definitely going to be some more episodes come out of this. If you're interested in receiving some coaching, especially if you're a master's athlete, feel free to reach out to us, powerandgraceperformance.com or at powerandgraceperformance on any of the social media platforms, and we'd be happy to chat with you. See you next time.